Welcome to the Bible Foundations program. I'm your host, Jerry Smythe, and it's a delight to have you with us again to study the Word of God, understanding that the Bible was given to us directly from God Himself. Yes, He had special men write it down, men whom we call prophets, whom He trusted and gave to them what He wanted written exactly, so that you and I would know these many years later, these many hundred years later, what actually happened in the beginning. Now, folks, if somebody tells you what happened at some time, you can accept their witness or not accept their witness. But obviously, their witness lacks credibility if they were not there. And if someone who was there tells you what took place, you're more apt to believe it. Isn't that right? Well, listen, friends, God was there. And he has given the record to us in the Bible. He had it written down in such a way that we could believe it. And the reason we can believe it is because the things that he tells us about uh, the panoramic view of mankind and how history developed have proven to be absolutely accurate. It is true, 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 my friend. And the ages have proven it to be so. That's why we can build our faith on the foundations of the Bible, because God told us what happened. He's the only one that was there. He was there alone before the beginning. He's God who never had a father, never had a mother. He has always existed by the very essence of himself. He didn't need to be taught. He knows all about everything, and he knew how to create the spirits to serve him before the world began. Yes, before the foundations of the earth were laid, he created the spirit world, the angels who would serve him and be subject to him and bring him the praise and the glory and be his messengers as he so desired. But there was one, one special leader who decided to do it himself, to replace God, if you will. Now, it seems like many people today are trying to replace God, but clear back then before the world began, before creation took place, before God made this the, the heavens and the earth, there was one named Lucifer in whose heart evil was found. The Lord saw into the heart of he and those who were following him, and uh, God said, no, you cannot do this. I'm going to throw you out of heaven because of this. So, those original leaders, that is Lucifer, and those angels that followed him, whom we call the evil spirits, uh, the devils is what the New Testament calls them, they were cast out of heaven. For my friend, God cannot tolerate evil in his presence. He is absolutely just and perfect and holy, and the Bible tells us that. It tells us that right from the beginning, which we'll uh, start with today in just a couple of moments, telling, uh, uh, reminding us of how God... Uh, created the heavens and earth. In fact, we've already laid some foundations on the creation of the earth, and we've discovered that God who was there was able by his mighty power to make something out of nothing. Can you make something out of nothing? No, you and I can't even hardly make something with something. And uh, certainly what we make doesn't last. But you see, God, by the very essence of himself, was able to speak and light happened. Oh, you say, that's impossible to believe. Well, why is it impossible to believe? You walk into a dark room and turn on a switch, don't you? Well, why do you turn on that switch? 
because you expect that light is going to happen. Why do you know that? Because before, when you've turned on the switch, you found that light came on when you turned off the switch. Now, when it's disconnected, when the uh, source of your power even to that switch is disconnected, you have nothing. We had a power out here recently, big ice storm, and uh, power was out all over the, uh, the area that we live in. And you know, when you're disconnected from the power source, uh, you can turn all the switches you want to and it isn't going to happen. But you see, God didn't even need another power source. He is the source of all power. And when he began to lay the foundations of this earth, he knew how to do it because he's all-knowing. Now, God is God, my friend. He's not limited to your understanding and mind. He is absolutely more than we can comprehend. And that's what the Bible is all about, is to help us understand what he has said about himself so that we can believe it. And that's what we're doing together is laying the foundations on which our faith may be laid so that we can understand what God himself is saying to you and I because it's the most important message that has ever been written to mankind. Now let's just re review for just a moment the uh, Genesis account of how God began the creation of the earth. We see first that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And God was ready to create everything. He's all power. He's all powerful. And he was able. And the first day he created light. Now, folks, that was before the sun and the moon and the stars were created. And the second day he created the firmament. The firmament is the expanse with, in which he divided the heavens from the earth and the seas uh, from the dry land. And God said it was good. You see, whatever God does is good. When he made the angels, they were good. Now, the Lord said of Lucifer, Thou wast perfect in the day that thou wast created, till iniquity was found in thine heart. Till evil was found in thine heart, he says. So you see, God could see right into the heart. He knew how to make them perfect. He knew how to make them with an ability to reason. And reason they did. They began to look at themselves and decide to replace God with themselves. That's what the... Well, God was able to make the light out of nothing, you see. And uh, then he was able to make the firmament. And then on the third day... The dry land and the ocean and all the flora or the flowers and the vegetation came into being. On the fourth day, the sun and the moon and the stars. And the fifth day, all the sea life and the birds were created. And on the sixth day, all of the animals, the animal world and all of its beauty, just like the flower world and the, uh, all of its variety. And we marvel at the intricacies that um, of God in the foundations of the very earth as we examine everything from the most minute flower clear to the universe and we see the pattern of God in it all. He's a planner, my friend. He knew what he wanted to accomplish in the creation of the earth. Why did God make such variety among the orchids? Why did he make such variety among the flowers that are all around us here? Why did he make such variety of color? Why did he make such variety in smell? Why did he make such variety in, uh, in taste? Why did he make such beauty and such quantity? Because he's God, and you know what he was doing? He was preparing the earth for man. He was preparing a place for you and I to live in. And folks, what he made was good. 
you couldn't get any better than what God did because he said it was good. It couldn't be improved on like it things have to be with us. You see, God is supreme and sovereign. He's the highest authority. He knows all about everything, and he knows how to do everything, and he's everywhere all at once. Now, after all this work on the sixth day, he's prepared the world for man, and he's got it all ready in all of the beauty of the settings that he desires to place man. And you know what? That was his choice. That's what he decided to do, and guess what? He could do it. The Bible itself is always a final authority on everything that God does, for he tells us there what he has done and confirms it all the way through scriptures. For example, in Isaiah 45, verse 18, he says, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he hath created it, not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord there is none else. All that man would ever need was waiting and ready for him. Think of how it was when a family was expecting uh, their first child. Do you remember when you were expecting your first child? All oh, the pleasure there is in fixing up a room for that little one and the expects expectations and everything has to be just right. The mother wants everything perfectly clean and usually freshly painted. Well, you see, that same type of anticipation is what we see in God's attitude toward that which he was about to create. He'd gotten the whole heavens and the earth ready because he was planning to make man in his own image and put us here on earth. Oh my, what tender care. What loving care he gave to us. What, what preparation of his own desire. And the scripture tells us back in Genesis chapter 126, as God now prepares to make man, he says, let us make man in our image. You see, it was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit who were talking together. One God, and yet so magnificently beyond us that he expresses himself to us as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And guess what? They were discussing the plan to make man in an image of God. Now, when you're going to make something that's very important, like your new home, for example, think you think about it first, and you just plan in detail how you want it to be. Well, that's exactly what God did. He was able to plan because he's a planner. You know, the first three cha chapters of Genesis tell us an awful lot about God, and that's where we are. We're learning that he thinks, he speaks, he expresses, he uh, is able to reason, he's able to, well, he's a God of desires, he's a God of emotion, as we'll see along the way. And, and all this from the first few chapters of the Bible tell us about the person and the character of God. But God is different than we are in the respect that God is sovereign. He alone decided how all these things would be made. God decided how man would be made just in the image of himself. He'd be just like he previously decided about the spirits and about the sun and about the moon and the stars and the earth and all the things that, that were already made. You see, God alone decided to do that. He was there 
He alone was there, and it was his will to do it the way he decided. Now, God is greater and more important than all. You see, man was the most important thing that God was to create on the earth, and that he did create. And God decided to make man in the image of himself. God made man in his image so that man would be able to know God and to communicate him communicate with him. That's why he made a man in the image of himself. You see, others would see God's likeness reflected in man and praise and glorify God. That's what he wanted us to do. That's what he wanted uh, the spirits to do originally was to choose to praise and glorify him. And we'll see as we go along that that's how he, what he desires from man. That's why he made us the way he did in the image of himself. Well, just what does it mean that man was made in the image of God? What does it mean when God tells us here in his word that first man was made in the image of himself? Now, we know that he wasn't talking about our bodies because God is a spirit. He doesn't have a body with flesh and bones like we do, but rather God was referring to that part which cannot be seen. You see, the Bible calls this part of us, which cannot be seen, our soul and our spirit. Man's body was created to be the house or the, uh, of the unseen part, which we call the soul and the spirit. You see, God planned the unseen part of man uh, that, so that man would have a mind and that he would have emotions and a will. And all these were created in the image, image of God. Now, folks, God delights in communicating with man, and that's why he gave him a mind. He gave him his intellect, you see, the ability to reason. Because God has a mind, he planned to make people with a mind with, uh, which had the same ability to know God and think like God and to reason like God does, you see. God wanted to talk to man. He wanted man to talk to him. He wanted to be able to communicate with man, not only by the spoken word, but also by the written word, as he does through his word, the Bible. Now, God wanted to enable and equip man to do his work here on earth. Now, we realize that God has given animals minds too, but an animal does not have the same kind of mind that man does. Animals can be very good company. They can also be a great help in certain kinds of work. But, uh, you know, they don't know how to think. They don't have the ability to converse. In the res uh, They can't think to the ability to converse. And uh, neither does an animal have the ability to share our thoughts and make the kinds of decisions that we make. And an, an animal just simply cannot reason and it cannot communicate with us by speech or by writing. You see, God decided that he would give man a mind so that he could think and reason like he does. But that doesn't mean that any man could ever think and reason exactly like God does. We can't quite reach his expectations or his level of understanding. In fact, we come terribly short of it. Now just think about our children. Do they know all the things that you and I know? No, they sure don't. Be but they have a mind like you do. But because they have a mind like you do, you're able to teach them. See, they have to be taught. Even the wisest man in the world is like this little child compared to God. Because God chose to make man with a mind 
he would be able to listen to God's word and understand it and then do what God said. That's what God planned for man. God decided to give man a mind so that he could talk with man and enjoy man's company and teach man to do God's work. That's what God had in plan for a uh, mind for us. But then man is like God in another way, and that is that we have emotions or feelings. You see, people often think that emotions have a bad connotation. They, they may just think of being emotional, you see, and that's not always felt like it's good. But emotions are a very necessary uh, part of us and are very helpful. The Bible tells us that God has emotions, that he is compassionate, that he is tender, and that he's angry at injustice. We've already seen examples of that. We can see readily in God that emotions are good. You see, God loves, God hates, God feels sadness, and he also feels joy and happiness. Because God has feelings or emotions, he decided also to create man with feelings and emotions. Now, those of you who have children, you desire that your children love you, don't you? Well, you desire that they'd be responsive to you. Of course you do. Every parent wants the, his children to respond in love to them. You see, God is like that too. God planned to love man, but God also wanted man to be able to love him. And this is the reason that God planned to create man with emotions. Now, there's another area that we're like God, and that is the area of the will. You see, man has an ability to choose, and God made us that way. Because uh, besides having a mind and feelings, God also has a will, you see. And he's able to decide that he will do something or he will not do something. Therefore, God made man so that we could decide what... Uh, different things and make decisions for ourselves. We're almost overloaded with decisions and sometimes early in the morning even the matter of getting dressed and deciding what to, air, what to wear or what to have for breakfast seems a little bit overwhelming especially when you're getting started in life as a young person and then when you get dressed and decide what to air, uh, does your food have any important say in what will be eaten? No, you just decide. Does your car have any choice about where it'll drive? No, you decide where it'll go. And you are the one who makes the countless choices about millions of things every day, it seems. You see, God could have made man so that he'd have no choice just like your clothes and your food in your car. You see, God could have made man so that he would have to do everything that God made him to do without any choice. But God didn't make man that way. He gave us the ability to choose. Now, God didn't make man like he made the sun and the moon and the stars. You see, he made them for a specific job, for a specific reason, and he put them in place, and he said, you'll come up in the morning, and you'll go down at night. You'll do this so that there will be other reactions that will depend upon it. The tides will come in and out according to the moon, and uh, they're predictable and all those things. See, but God said that they were to stay within certain boundaries, and they don't have a choice. But God made us so that we could choose. Why did he make us to, to be able to choose? So that we could choose to love and obey God. He wanted us to have fellowship with him. A choice 
that man could make intelligently by his mind, and he would know that God was loving and kind as an all-wise creator. Now, if children uh, know and are convinced that their parents are wise and kind by experience and by the things that uh, the interaction that there's been, then it's much easier for them to obey their children, uh, their parents. It's much easier that way for children to obey their parents, you see. And God's plan was to make man so that he could talk with him and that he could come to know the wise and loving God that he is. Then man should choose to obey the wonderful God he is. Don't you think that's a natural response? Well, that's what God desires from you and I. So man was given a mind to hear and understand God's communication with him and to think through what God has told him, to learn the true character of God, and to communicate with God in return. You see, man was given emotions to respond to God out of love and devotion, and man was given a will so he could choose to carry out God's plans, not as a robot, but as one who listened to God, who loved God, and was, has chosen to obey God. God planned for man to be made in the image of himself so that he could do God's work on earth. You see, God was giving us a unique role in his creation. And man was to be God's representative here on the earth. And man was to look after God's things here on the earth. And he was to be the leader over the animals and the birds and the fish. And God God gave man a mind and emotions and will so that he could do God's work just the way that God wanted it to be done. And that would bring him joy, and it would bring joy and satisfaction to man as well. Isn't it neat that God chose to do it this way? You see, he's all-powerful. He's supreme and sovereign. He didn't have to do it this way, but he chose to do this. He chose to entrust to us the magnificence of his creation. Now let's look at uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And it tells us that so God created man in the image of in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Then in chapter 2, verse 7, it tells us how God did it. It says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Now the Lord tells us here that he created the first man and woman. And God created the first, first the man, and then after the man was living, he made a wife for the man on the same day. Now, since the Bible tells us in the following chapter about God's creation of woman, we'll wait until that lesson to see the magnificence of what he has done for man, for how he has made a completer and a helpmate and one who could complement, for there was none else that could meet the needs of Adam like what God would create in a very special way for man whom he had now uh, was now about to create. Now God named the man Adam, which means simply man. But after God made every part of man's body, the man still didn't have any life. There he is laying with his eyes wide open, if you will, please. And he had a nose and a mouth, and he has a complete body, and no doubt a very uh, beautiful specimen of humanity, uh, for he was created good, and he was created as God wanted him. 
Every part of his body was there, but he was like a dead man. His body was not breathing because that part which was to be in God's image was not yet living in his body. It was only after God breathed into uh, man's body that he became a living person who would know and love and obey God. You see, God alone put life into Adam. Now, neither the sun and the moon, uh, the earth, the birds, the fish, God's angels, or any man, or Satan, nor his spirit followers can give life. Nobody can give life except God. All things all things receive their life from God and are unable to give life to anything or anyone else. You see, God is distinct from all created things and greater than everything that he has created. You see, we've already talked about electrical power and how we depend upon it. And a light, a light bulb, however, that is not screwed into the socket just doesn't give any light. And it doesn't Give light until it's screwed in and the switch is turned on. And once again, if our homes don't have any power to them, then there's no source of life. And we understand that this source of life, when it's interrupted, it stops not only our homes, it stops industry and things that are very, very complex. And these very complex and useful machines that we have in our world today are absolutely useless without a source of power. You see, just as the power company is our source of electricity, so also God is our source of life. God is our source of life. All things receive their life from God and are utterly dependent upon him. Now, when God breathed into man's, uh, first into the nostrils of man, man became immediately alive. You see, he was then breathing. And he was a strong, healthy man. And it's interesting to remember that at that time there wasn't any sickness or any death in the entire world. Now let's look again at Genesis 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You see, God only made one man from the ground. He only made one man from the ground, and the woman he made from him. And God told them to have children so that all of the world would be eventually filled with people. You see, God loved people. He made man. He wanted them to be fruitful and to multiply. That was his order. You see, Adam is the ancestor of all people. He's the ancestor of all people regardless of race, regardless of culture, or regardless of of country. You see, Adam is your ancestor. Adam is also my ancestor. He's the ancestor of all people. You see, we all came from that first man. And he is the beginning and the father of the entire human race. And that's very important for us to comprehend. Now let's go for a moment back to the first chapter of Genesis and review, if you will, please, verses 28 through 30. Let's read them together. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which 
in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed, to you shall it be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to every living thing that creepeth upon the earth, therein is life, wherein is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. So God gives them their source of food. He's the provider of everything, you see. Now, the interesting thing is that God put man to be in charge of the earth and everything in it. God desired to help man learn to take care of all the responsibilities that he'd given him, and that's why he gave him a mind and emotion and a will. He wanted him to be uh, responsive and to do the work that he had created him for. You see, God had the right to determine whom he would trust the earth to. He didn't give it to the angels. He didn't give it to Satan and his demons. Why, God was the only one who had the authority to give man control over the earth and everything in it. You see, God created everything, and it was his to give. Psalm 24 Verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. You see, it was his to give. God could give it to whom he pleased. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11, it says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, and thou, thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. It was his to entrust to man. What a tremendous responsibility. Until next time, we invite you to read through the first chapter and second chapter of Genesis to be familiar with what God is teaching us about these areas.